0: The SportsZilla Show starts now. Okay, another car ride, another opportunity to practice my DJ ramp-ups. 95.5 WPET, you got Peter the Riff Griff shocking you and rocking you while I'm sitting here talking to you. It's 75 and sunny, which means our street squad's going to be out looking for them super stickers. If you don't got one, get down to Linoleum Depot this Saturday. From 9 to 2, I'll be there hooking you up. Slap one on your car, win 100 bucks. Now I'm looking around and I'm seeing the spin doctors with not one, but two princes.
1: Nailed it. I'm going to throw you now to Weenie in the Butt in the afternoon.
0: Weenie in the Butt in the
1: afternoon. In in the afternoon. Oh, my God.
0: WQHG. Turn it on and rip the knob off. You're listening to the radio.
1: It's the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop.
2: November 11th, Syracuse football walked off against Wake Forest. February 8th, Syracuse basketball did the same thing with probably their top three key guys. Well, three of the key guys fouled out of the game. So next man up became a thing. Bryson Gooden got it done. Jesse Edwards got it done. It was an awesome thing to see. It was an exhilarating win. Really fired up the fan base, including these two guys sitting right here. Scoop and Rain on the Illustrated Show. Scoop,
1: it was a great game. You just couldn't have predicted the end of that game to unfold like that. Oh gosh, the foul trouble, and then the freshmen step up in a huge way. Just fantastic.
2: Jim will be on with us tomorrow in and around three thirty. Usually joins us on the Sportzilla show on Tuesdays. Man, I just I, I can't get over how awesome that was. And never saw that coming. Of course, that's how you drop the final play. You know, you, that's how you know you just in that. You get in there, sit down on the bench, and you go, all right, here's what's going to happen. This is going to happen, but it's going to involve you, you, and you. It's not how anybody had planned that, let alone uh, before the game, halftime of the game, or probably even halfway through the second half of the game. you got to be
1: proud of guys stepping up, showing, and proving like they did. And Mike Waters of Syracuse.com calling it a hodgepodge lineup that saved <laughs> Syracuse. I mean, really, you wouldn't predict those guys to be out there together to do that. But boy, it when it counted, they were fantastic. And you know, and they they do get some practice time together. That particular group, not a lot, but I mean, that's one of the things you work on in practice. Hey, why don't we do this? What do we go with this batch? What do we go with these guys?
2: A little bit different during the course of a game, though, of yeah. course. And I just think it. It's a good thing for the the future of the basketball team. You know, closing out the season, getting into the conference tournament, getting into hopefully the NCAA tournament. A little bit of a little bit of fun throughout the month of March for this team. It, it you got to have guys get in some opportunities like that, and then the confidence boost they get because they realize they can do this. They haven't really had many opportunities, but when given one, they succeed. Jim was pretty proud of the guys.
3: I'm proud of these guys. They 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 really dug down in there. I don't know how they did it. Honestly, to be in that situation and 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 get that was was uh, you know we lost two in a row. You're down a little bit. You um, know, long time off between games. This is a real good win.
2: It was a real good win for that team. Everybody's been talking about the Marek was not out of bounds. Clearly he was just not out of bounds. He got a technical for not saying anything, just basically motioning that there's a video screen. Take a look at that. It, but you can't, you can't excuse that. Something's got to be done with officiating and it's across the board. It's not just college basketball. This is a problem for sports fans because TV cameras and angles and views, and you can see it and, we call you out on it now, and it's egregious on occasion. He wasn't even close out of bounds.
1: Well, and Marek, uh, he got trucked over by a guy earlier, and they didn't call that. You know, it's like, oh my God, there's a number of calls in this game that didn't go the way of the orange. Uh, but ultimately, you got to play through that, and the orange didn't help themselves in some ways. But I, that final five minutes, Dolajai goes off, and Wake Forest gets a quick bucket. But then the defense just tightens up. It stiffens up. And Wake Forest turns the ball over five times in the last five minutes. Yeah, you can't argue with the fact that a couple of the couple
2: of the fouls were kind of bad fouls. I don't think anybody will tell you otherwise. But they rallied. They persevered. They ended up fighting through it, as you just said. Forced some pressure. Got the win. As far as Marek's technical.
3: Marek was never out of bounds. You know, and he doesn't get technicals. I mean, you can't point up the thing, but he, he was never out of bounds. <laughs> That's a hard call to take. You know, usually if you're out of bounds or close, maybe, but he wasn't, he, you you couldn't see the play. He wasn't out of bounds.
2: He was not out of bounds at all. Uh, also, an added benefit to this game, it does fire up the Bayheim jacket toss tracker, which Syracuse continues to be undefeated during at least. Since they started this officially, they'd be Colgate, Oakland, North Florida, Virginia, Notre Dame, Pittsburgh, and now Wake Forest when there has been a jacket toss. (laughs) I hate to say it, but it fires me up a little bit. It really does. It is bizarre that we are tracking that. You know, fun,
1: but bizarre.
2: Yeah, I just, you know, I'm going to give credit where it's due. Brent Axe, he had tweeted, you know, SU has other issues for sure. And I agree with Axe on this. But Jim should have been allowed to light up the officials and John Wildhack, A. D. John Wildhack, should have paid the fine, whatever that was, and dealt with the consequences. Because that wasn't just some bad calls. That was terrible. And, and and I get that point and I understand that. And I I mean there's I guess there's nothing you can do about it. Officials are going to miss calls. Jim's going to tell you that. Jim's going to say officials are going to miss calls. But, but still, that's an instance where I think he can voice his opinion.
1: It would be, we'd like to see that anger expressed. But look, Coach played it the right way. We got the win. You know, it, it tried to keep everything uh, steady. You know, you, you, can, you can get really emotional. And yeah, there's times to fire up your team with that. But we had an unorthodox lineup of guys in there at the end of the game and they did it they performed 17 straight free throws to start the game then they finished like i think 18 of 24 they started to miss some in that stretch there when that 16 point lead evaporated and that's one of the things that you know you kind of hurt yourself when you start missing those free throws and when they're down four there at, at one point. It's just incredible grit to get a win. And to see those two freshmen at the very end be the heroes, just outstanding. It's outstanding. You're happy for them.
2: You're happy for the team. You're psyched as a fan. Scoop and Rain here, Sports SportsZilla Show, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Q Sports Talk is where to find us on twitch.tv we also have some Megadeth tickets to give out today. Different shows here on ESPN Syracuse are going to give them out throughout the course of the week. Our day is today, so we'll have that taken care of by four. As we're excited for the Cuse win against Wake Forest, uh, what do you, you got some backup on that?
1: No, I'm just uh, I'm, I'm getting my Megadeth uh, list ready here. You know, I'm a Dave Mustaine fan, Megadeth fan. I'm I. Lamb of God, pretty good too. This could going to be a good show. You want to get some tickets? Yes, it's at St. Joseph's South Amphitheater. It's in June, right? Give me the date. Ch- uh, July
2: 23rd. July 23rd. I didn't have the date right in front of me. As uh, we're, of course, recapping the Wake Forest game and the win for Syracuse, and some people wondered why Bryson Goodine. And not necessarily Howard Washington at the end, well, I guess we 're glad it was Bryson because he came through and it was his he said after the game it was his first ever game winning shot so that 's fantastic but here 's Jim with the answer to that question
3: you know he 's been good in practice athletic, more athletic, bigger uh, he rebounds, turned out good at that one um, but he 's a good defender out front, and uh, buddy did a good job at forward. Uh, whoop. Maybe play that group song now.
2: It was a good weekend for Syracuse men's team, a good weekend for the Syracuse women's team also, Scoop. How about Coach Q got his 300th win, and he always looks good doing it. But those ladies shocked number 5 Louisville. Man, it was just a great weekend to be an Orange fan. We haven't even touched on Dior Johnson yet. Well, that which was we, the
1: next thing I was going to get at. That was pretty good. And which to, we'll do, yeah. And to see him tweet uh, just this effusive love of the program on Friday and – Man, how could you not get fired up after reading that? The the guy is excited to come here. And what do you hear people complain about all the time? We can never get anybody good. They all go to Duke or somewhere else. This guy, he wanted to come here. They've been working on him since seventh grade. And he likes the coaches. He likes the program. He comes to the Duke game. Has a blast, I'm going to be an orange. That's that's what's going to happen now. Yep, this this sealed the deal,
2: cemented it. I am going to play for this team. I don't want to play for the Blue Bloods. I want to beat the Blue Bloods. That mindset right there, it makes me think of Kobe Bryant, the Mamba mentality. You know what I mean? I don't want the easy path. I want to take a little of my own path. I want to be my own person, my own player, set my own legacy, and I'm going to start here and right now. He did say uh, he's obviously staying in the class of 2022. It gives him the option if they change the eligibility rules for the NBA, he might back off that. Darius Basley, obviously, we know what he did. But and I understand that it's his life, he's allowed to give himself that option, but as it stands right now with the current rules in place, class of 2022, Dior is going to be our point guard. Man, it, I watched uh, a mixtape of his, you know, how they put out the highlight tapes, things like just ridiculous. He's ridiculous. His ability, his talent. It's you can see why there's five star recruit in front of Dior Johnson.
1: A lot of reasons to be excited about the future when a guy like that is so fired up to come here. Now, like you said, if the NBA changes that that rule and and maybe he can go there, he said he'd well, well, well cross that bridge when I come to. Essentially, I, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but boy, uh, excited for the future. And he said, "I'm bringing friends.
2: Uh, I, I guarantee you, I'm going to get some friends and convince them." So you potentially are looking at just some outstanding, top tier talent. He said it. Syracuse is back, but the narrative that Syracuse can't recruit—I I mean, I think I went off and ranted about that last week or the week before, and I and I blamed it on the fact of my Homer bias, but I've never believed that narrative. Coach Hop, who was a fantastic recruiter, okay, and he's gotten praise for what he's done out in Washington, but. Take a look. He's been struggling of late out there. The grass isn't always greener on the other side, and every program goes through ups and downs. You cannot win every game of every season and win a championship every season and go to the Final Four every season. It's just not feasible. Even Duke isn't there every year. It might feel like that, but that's not the case at
1: all. Boy, and they had a scare over the weekend. I I thought for a while North Carolina was going to win that game. And it's a down year for North Carolina. Yeah, yeah. All you hear about, you know, from... Uh, Dean Smith, uh, this is one of the least talented groups of guys I've ever had, you know, and uh, boy, they were, were kicking Duke's butt there for a while. But. I mean, these these are the programs
2: we recruit against, but, you know, going back to the fact that Dior played AAU basketball with Buddy Bayheim, with Jim's son, and obviously we see what Buddy's doing now. I mean, that started the process, but he said they've been reaching out to me since I was in seventh grade, so the Q's knows what they're doing. I think I have pretty. Pretty good faith in Coach Autry and in Coach McNamara and in Jim and the other players in place, you know, behind the scenes that are involved in recruiting these players. They're they're going to be they're going to be all right. I think they're going to be all right.
1: I I know when I saw Dior's tweet on Friday, I was just like blown away. I'm like, wow, this guy is just. You want to talk about buy in? This guy was. He bought in a while ago, and he's telling you how it's going to be. I'm coming to town. Watch out, you know. Obviously, you know the mock up of him in the in the orange uh, uni. I mean, he, he wants to be here. the 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 naysayers, we can never recruit. Read that and don't get fired up for your team. I mean, it was just amazing.
2: Yes, yeah, so Syracuse Orange related basketball related social media was on fire. He is a good player, the best recruit since Carmelo. So there you go. That's the talent level, hopefully, that we're looking at. Let's take our first break on the SportsZilla Show, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. A uh, trade is finalized in the major, in major League Baseball, and the XFL was better than expected, I think. That's all next.
1: It's the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. St. Joseph's Health Amphitheater at Lakeview, July 23rd, with Lamb of God, Trivium, and In Flames. Win tickets to Megadeth before you can buy them this Friday at 10 a.m. at LiveNation.com. Win them by being caller number five right now on the Burdick Toyota hotline 315 437 7644.
2: That's kind of awesome.
1: There's some Rage Against Machine
2: dates that are creeping a little bit closer to us as well for those of you that like your rock music. July
1: 27th for Buffalo. That's one that's uh, floating around uh, in the last couple of minutes here.
2: There's a lot of Megadeth fans out there going to be excited to see that. How about Major League Baseball, though? Finally completes that. Not Major League Baseball, but the Dodgers finally complete that trade. Mookie Betts, David Price, the trade's official to the Dodgers. They had to rework a whole bunch of things. Uh, but then Minnesota kind of pulled out of the original deal, and then the Dodgers in Minnesota made their own trade. So it was Gratterall for Kenta Maeda, uh, but then Betts Price and some other prospects thrown out there. It was Jeter Downs and uh, catcher Connor Wong. That's that's basically the other players. And now it's Redugo, of course, going to the Red Sox. Interesting trade. Uh, I'm glad it's finally done. They sweetened the pot a little bit. The Dodgers did in order to get... Mookie Betts. He's the focal point, but David Price is going to do all right for them. And I mean, they've already got a pretty solid rotation. Walker Bueller, you're talking about Clayton Kershaw, and on and on and
1: on in a bigger ballpark. David Price is going to be all right. It was interesting how the league got frustrated that the trade hadn't actually been finalized, and you saw Tony Clark uh, sending a message over the weekend like, hurry up and get this done. This isn't fair to the players, you know. And uh, interesting that uh, they finally got it done, uh, and there's a collective sigh of relief in
2: Los Angeles. And they got just a couple more days to get whatever the punishment is, and we don't expect much for the Boston Red Sox because there was a little cheating involved there, too. I don't think it'll be on the level of the Houston Astros, obviously, but they've got Ron Renneke, I believe it's Ron Renneke, who's going to be named manager, but they want to get the other crap out of the way first they just want to get that out of the way and then we can announce our manager and move on I mean we're late in the game here is getting as far as getting the season started pitchers and catchers and then before you know it full squads and then a couple weeks and you're going to see some exhibition games which excites a lot of people But I wanted to give you Jeff Passion, how the Dodgers sweetened the deal to get Mookie Betts. He's got some background for us.
0: This deal came together because the Los Angeles Dodgers upped the ante in the package that was going back to the Boston Red Sox. When they saw Brewstar Grotto Medicals, they believed that he was not going to be a starting pitcher, that he would likely end up a reliever, and they scuttled the deal right there. At that point, the Dodgers had a choice. They could either pay up more and get Mookie Betts and David Price back, or the deal would fall apart completely. And ultimately, the Dodgers want to win the 2020 World Series, and they feel like they do that better with Mookie Betts at the top of their lineup. So by adding Jeter Downs, a prospect who wasn't in the deal the first time, that pushed it over the edge and made it much more palatable for the Red Sox.
2: The finalizing of that deal caught everybody's attention, Scoop, but not like when it was first announced. But you know, then we're just sitting there. It's the waiting game. Okay, what are they going to do? Is this is this not going to happen? Because there was a lot of that out there as well. You saw a lot of other sports and baseball media saying, "Oh, maybe this doesn't happen." A lot of Red Sox fans are like, "Oh my God, this is terrible. We're trading our best player and arguably our best, one of our best pitchers." Maybe we can just not go through with this trade. But ultimately, it did end up happening.
1: Yeah, and look now, uh, the Dodgers have a, a leadoff batter. They've got all those incredible skills, of Mookie Betts, and shoring up some pitching as well, uh, which was already strong for them. Boy, you know, like I mentioned last week, how about a Yankees-Dodgers World Series again? Yeah, that would be fantastic. That would provide
2: some what they call ratings, and I think uh, the networks would be happy with something like that, and then you'll get Joe Buck calling it, right?
1: My favorite.
2: <laughs> well, it's kind of funny because can you imagine those two fan bases getting after it on social media? Two huge markets, coast going coast to coast. But then all of the the Joe Buck nonsense mixed in with, oh, he's the worst. And then there's others that love the guy. That would be just exhausting to have to pay attention
1: to. Something that broke within the last uh, I don't know hour or so is that the pitcher Mike Bolsinger has filed a suit in Los Angeles Superior Court against the Astros, accusing them of unfair business practices, negligence, inter, uh, intentional interference with contractual and economic relations. He says, and he's a former Blue Jays pitcher, he wants them held accountable for affecting his career with the sign-stealing cheating scandal. So and I think we're going to see more lawsuits, civil suits, class-action suits, what have you, I mean, if you're an Astros season ticket holder, aren't you a little upset? Are these draft, we got this DraftKings suit now. The guy's wagering on the games and goes, "Well, look, this wasn't fair. You guys had, you were cheating. You're affecting the outcome of the game." You know, I I think this isn't the last one of these we're going to hear. Scoop
2: and Rain here, Sports Show, ESPN Radio ninety seven point seven and one hundred point one. Scoop, I hope this makes you feel better. But Houston is planning once we get to spring training in a couple days actually an official apology. The players, the organization, I guess we've been waiting for this, wondering, because they haven't really showed much as far as remorse. We've also been wondering how come none of the players have really suffered as
0: far as punishments. But Jeff Passan... Reporting on this, Jim Crane, the owner, has said that when the team comes to spring training, there will be some sort of an apology. We don't know what that apology looks like. We don't know what that apology sounds like. We don't know the context. We really don't know a whole lot about it, other than the fact that Dallas Keuchel and Charlie Morton, ex-Astros, have apologized for it and really opened the door for the rest of the players who are here now to do the same.
1: We're sorry we got caught.
2: Yeah, that's really all it is. (laughs) It's like a PR thing. They don't really mean it. Well, They're not going to lose the championship. Neither is Boston. None of that's going to happen. I don't think anybody expected any of that to happen at any point.
1: This is only happening because of the outrage over the fact that they've been so flip about it. Oh, it's a speed bump. You know, oh, I don't think the, the cheating affected the outcome at all. It's just brazen in the lack of contrition and remorse. So they realize that that's a... This is a PR nightmare, and they can't walk around and act like nothing happened. So that caught my attention.
2: I mean, all right, the finalization of that trade. But what really caught your attention this week? What really dominated? The XFL. It was hot on Twitter over the weekend, and I enjoyed it. So just one one of many things that I liked about it, and a lot of people have said the same thing. I've had numerous conversations. We've had this conversation but I like what they're doing with replay and the transparency and going up to the booth and they've got the camera in there and you hear it. That's before we get into the change in the kickoffs and the extra points and the coaches, the ability to hear the coaches on the sidelines calling the plays and the sideline interviews that have been very exciting. There's a lot of that, but This is literally what happens when you go to the booth for a review. This is what it sounds like. Obviously, if you watched, and 4 million people roughly was the average viewership for these games on either network on either day, I mean, average... But this is what it was like.
0: It's a completed catch and a fumble. Okay. Is, is that your ruling? Is that the ruling on the field? The ruling on the field is a completed catch, fumbled by the receiver. New York picked up the fumble, recovered in advance first down. New York. Okay. We have a good view here. When he landed on the ground, he only had one foot down. The ball was jarred loose, so it's going to be an incomplete pass. We're going to change it to an incomplete pass. So give me down and distance on the previous play. It should be We're second and on fifteen, the right? Twenty-five yard line. It should be. Second and fifteen, correct. Second and fifteen. All right. Okay. I will make the announcement. After further review, the receiver did not complete the process of the catch. Therefore, it is an incomplete pass. It will be second down and fifteen.
2: That's awesome. It, the I think that ultimately, as more and more fans start to catch on to this and what they're doing, is obviously it doesn't have quite the exposure yet. Not as many and many fans viewed the XFL as NFL, but they're going to start to. There's going to be a little bit of an outcry to, hey, you need to be this transparent in the NFL. I don't know if they're going to do it or not, but you're going to hear a lot more
1: about that. I think it was a great idea. It opens up that window, tears down that wall, lets fans see how the decision-making process unfolds. And that's something the NFL it needs is that is the transparency of that process because it looks shady sometimes especially when the calls are so bad like i i want to hear the the bad decision making process that arrives at some of these plays like how was was uh carson wentz by the eagles not targeted uh helmet to helmet hit by Jadavian Clowney. how how did that decision making process unfold you've got to be kidding me but they act, it's it's a degree of corporate arrogance, I think, on the part of the NFL. And they're going to be reluctant to do this because, well, they're the big bad NFL. And I love that the XFL just comes on and shows everybody how, you know, this is kind of a, a tough decision sometimes. Show us that. But show us the honesty in how you're trying to make the right call, the good call. And, you know, we didn't. Have any of these weird conversations about what was a catch and what isn't a catch? We didn't have any of that nonsense. It 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 was uh it was good. The the level of play was good. It was fun to watch. There were some names there that we recognized. You, you gotta. Extra point
2: from the two, the five, or the 10 for one, I, two, I or like three that. points. We got an F
1: bomb on TV, which is always fun.
2: We did have a little bit of that. The kickoffs <laughs> were, they're all the way down the field, about five yards apart, and then the kicker kicks the ball. You wait till the receiver, and then they're all right there, and the scrum ensues. And, and I could see how that could limit. You don't get guys with a 30 yard running head start building up ahead of steam to drill a guy. You've got to kind of start from a standstill. But it's just going to make some very interesting scenarios that happen on kickoffs.
1: And the in-game interviews with coaches and players, sometimes after a play that was not a good play, a bad play, and then uh, a microphone stuck in the player's face and react to this which I thought wow that's uh not something I'm used to seeing you're gonna and it, I wonder how that's gonna go the balance of the season yeah. it, went, it went pretty well yesterday it's good if the guy scores a touchdown and he's happy but if somebody comes off the field in a let's just
2: say not in a good mood because I just
1: making... blankety blanked it up blank blanket.
2: <laughs> Cardale Jones at one point, an NFL quarterback on the DC defenders. Now talked about the atmosphere.
0: The biggest surprise so far was actually the game day and the atmosphere and the support we got from uh, the, the DMD. I mean, they came out and supported us from beginning to end. And I did not, I didn't have any expectations going into the game when it came to the environment.
1: But if I did, they blew them out of the water.
2: How about that? That's, uh, that's pretty telling. And also one last thing before our break, he also talked about the skill level. He said it, it's not the same as the NFL, but there's not as much of a drop-off as you might think. More Cardell Jones.
0: Um, I think it's pretty much the same. I mean, honestly, we got so many coaches on our staff that have so
3: much uh, NFL experience. He kind of preparing it from things that worked in his past with Coach Hamilton. And um, I, don't, like, I don't really see a huge difference other than some of the rule changes.
0: And, you know, looking at the kickoff, it's a little different. <laughs> but when it comes to the um, athletes at the
2: end of the day, all these guys are pros. We get paid to play uh, professional football. And I don't see a huge jump off or fall off from the comparison um, of skill. We were uh, going to talk to Jerry McNamara today. That usually happens on Mondays from Drivers Village and Empower Federal Credit Union. Weren't able to make a connection today, but we are going to talk about a former Syracuse player, where he's going and moving in the NBA, some comments by Katie, and some more NBA next. The SportsZilla Show, ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. It's
1: the Zilla Show on ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop.
2: Scoop and I are in a giving mood today. Turning Stone Re- uh, Resort Casino has their 2020 golf show. We have three pair of tickets, and if you would like to go to that, it is this weekend. It's over a few days, the 14th, the 15th, and the 16th. All the top brands are represented. Well, we just need you to give us a call right now. Calling on the Burdick Toyota Guest Line, 315-437-7644. I'm going to repeat, keep calling, because we're going to take three winners. So we'll let our dudes back in the studio screen and phones grab one, get that information, and then they're going to grab another one of you and another one of you. So three people win right now. There you go. Three's a big number, because in the NBA, that's all anybody shoots, three-pointers. Man, it's crazy. There's a lot of that specialty on this list. Preliminary rosters are out, Scoop, for Team USA for the upcoming Olympics. I just wanted to start there real quick. Devin Booker jumped out to me, but the 44 players up for consideration. Just, just think about this. I'm just going to give you some names, but man, it's a long list. And they, they whittle this down eventually. Devin Booker, Jimmy Butler, Mike Conley, Stephen Curry, Anthony Davis, DeMar DeRozan, Kevin Durant, Paul George, Draymond Green, James Harden. How many is that? Eight, ten, something like that. And there's 44 on this list. Dwight Howard, Kyrie Irving, LeBron, Kawhi, Damian Lillard, Chris Paul, Jason Tatum, Russell Westbrook, Kemba Walker. That's like that's half. That's half that list. Some amazing basketball players. The world doesn't have a chance no <laughs> we're gonna crush them I don't even care who you pick out of the 44 we will win we will rock you we will I don't know what we're going we're gonna demolish the world we will and there's some great international players that are obviously part of the NBA right now but I don't think anybody's beaten our what do they pick 12 15 guys to the final roster that's just ridiculous. And they have a pretty solid coach. Who's that Man, guy that coaches the San Antonio Spurs? there's one like five rings, Greg Pop- Popovich. Yeah, I, I'm okay with the coach, too. I think he knows what he's doing. I have a feeling he knows what he's doing. It's interesting. I don't see Jim Bayheim involved in this yet. You think James is going to get back involved? I don't know. I don't know.
1: Uh, maybe. I think there's a good chance of that. A good, he's a, good a little run. busy right now. Maybe he hasn't had a chance to answer that call.
2: Yeah, he definitely had a good run. Former Syracuse player. Deion Waiters, uh, part of that trade, obviously, with Iguodala, who did play his first game with the Heat. Uh, but Dion went to Memphis. They did what we expected. They waived him. Uh, so now there's a rumor of a meeting with the Lakers. Some preliminary discussions underway. Could you imagine going from, I think it's been three suspensions for Dion this year, right? And now he he's traded and waived. He could ultimately end up being kind of a key depth guy for a team
1: that's, one of the favorites to win the NBA championship in June. And I think that's a good fit for him. And I think, you know, LeBron is good with these troubled players sometimes. Uh, And he can, uh, you know, we could go back further, Delonte West, for sure. Uh, But, like, he's good with these guys. And he can get them to perform. He can get them to rein in some of their bad habits and I think that that's a good ad for them if they make that happen. You know, it's mind-blowing to me also as far
2: as the NBA is concerned concerning a former SU player, another one. Carmelo came out, and uh, there's some stuff online easy to find, and if you're a Knicks fan and follow along, he basically he knows Leon Rose very well, agent, uh, but now the president of the Knicks. They've had a long-standing relationship, and he's gone on to explain how he might be a really good hire for one of Carmelo's former teams, the New York Knicks, who, by the way, won their fourth straight game. It's really weird to make that statement when you're talking about the Knicks because they still are the Knicks. They're nowhere close to being a great franchise, a model franchise, a good team, or anything like that. But four in a row makes you go, oh, it just it, that's four straight wins. It's like a week of going, oh, my God, we're not a dumpster fire. We're not just trash. We're not horrible.
1: You don't get to say that, and it's been so long, it's refreshing when it happens. And rarely are they complimented by anybody at any time. Yet here's Carmela saying, hey, this is why this guy be a good hire. You must not be used to that as a Knicks fan. It's a little odd for you, an odd place to be in. You guys can't pick on me is ultimately
2: what it boils down to. Sports Illustrated ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Q Sports Talk, Twitch.TV, it's where to find us. We've had a bunch of giveaways today, and... I wanted to give uh I would give a few words to Myron Metcalf on Get Up earlier on the mothership with uh Mike Greenberg. Is they were talking about K D and I don't know if you heard what he said over the weekend. There were some comments about well he came he came clean as to why he really wanted out of OKC and it sounds like a reality show and drama. But K D when you when you talk about social media burner accounts, he's a little sensitive from time to time. He talks back to fans, he chirps at other players. And he basically just shredded OKC is the reason that he wanted to get out. He was the only one with any skill level that could do anything which, at
1: all. Which is total shade thrown
2: at Russell Westbrook. Without a doubt, because it's obviously not true. Russell, Russell's pretty good player. I don't know about the situation in Houston and how far they actually go once you get into the playoffs with the style they play, but Myron Metcalf basically said, he, we all know that Katie's comments weren't true.
3: What do you need to do to get into the end zone? Well, I think the big thing is we're we're trying to control the tempo on offense, which is important for us to keep our defense off.
2: So when I got that highlight from uh, the ESPN audio earlier to share with you, that is mislabeled because that's absolutely 100% not Myron Metcalf with the comment that I was looking for, which when you played it was correct. But somehow when I saved the MP3 into our system, that's what we got. So I apologize. But the point being – Uh, Numerous people have said, as you said, it's shade, it's sportsmanship, it's KD just getting under their skin. He's got nothing else to do because he's not playing and he's rehabbing and he's sensitive and he wants to be the guy. He also wants to come up with or he wants to share reasons why to justify his going to Golden State to
1: chase his rings because a lot of guys have called him out on that. that. And you can tell that that criticism stings him. Look, um, let's be real. If anybody had a chance to join that lineup, that Warriors lineup, they would jump at the opportunity because they're historically good, ridiculously good, and and Kevin Durant going there just made that exponentially more so. There was no way they weren't going to win a couple of rings. Once he went there. But it burns him when people say, Oh, you just, you took the easy way out. You went there to win a championship. It, it, his thin skin, it just burns him. Yeah, it bothers him a lot. But there's
2: also the argument, you know, something, they were pretty good before he got there, and maybe just maybe they would have won without him. And that there is, there is cause to believe that. There is a lot of reasons that you could go, You know what? KD, at the end of the day, They won before you, and they might win again after you, especially when they get healthy looking forward to next year. Let's take our next break. We're going to come back. A couple things related to the Syracuse Crunch because they played a rival for something called the Delmonico's Steakhouse Galaxy Cup. We'll touch on that real quick next. ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. It's
1: the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. The Verdict Forward, Verdict Toyota Basketball Pregame Show with Seth Goldberg and Danny Shays, prior to SU basketball games all season long. Got NC State Tuesday. You'll hear the program
2: scoop. I I just I cannot believe some of the. I I don't. We want to talk real quick about the crunch, but I cannot believe some of the. I almost find them to be ridiculous rumors about the NFL and a lot of these offensive or excuse me off season maneuverings or rumors. Like Tom
1: Brady, yeah, he's going everywhere. He's going to be the next uh, starting quarterback in just about every franchise in the league. Well, San
2: Diego, as you know, they are not—they're not going to franchise Philip Rivers, so there is an option for a California boy, even though he's a North California boy. Uh, now, of course, Dak Prescott is rumored to uh, be the one that's losing his job because they're going to bring in Tom Brady in Dallas. That's nonsense. That's not going to happen.
1: And what's going to happen with the Raiders? You know what I mean? It's yeah. like Brady was going to the to the Raiders and then Carr had to answer all those questions. You know, it's just never ending. Stranger things have happened and it was a little bit odd to see
2: like Brett Favre play somewhere else. And there's certain guys for those last Peyton last few seasons, because in your mind, Peyton's a Colt. We know this Tom Brady is a Patriot. Eli Manning was a giant and we could go on to Philip Rivers is a charger. No matter where he might end up going, I feel like, I haven't heard any retirement talk from him. He wants to go somewhere. But It's just hard to imagine Tom Brady going there. And it's, it's hard to imagine them moving on from Dak Prescott, who's still in his mid-20s, basically.
1: Yeah, see, that doesn't make sense. To get rid of Prescott, to go with Brady? Like, I don't think Dak Prescott is the problem with that team. The bad blood that would happen if they did that
2: to Dak, not that Jerry Jones doesn't make bad decisions, but he's not going back. Like, what are you going to do? You know, year or two, because eventually Father Time does catch up with Tom Brady, and it's maybe maybe it hasn't happened quite yet, but it's got to be at least the very start of that process. He's forty three years old, which is unheard of in the NFL, but it's just not going to be there. And there's there's other rumors beyond that that are just ridiculous, but that one jumped out to me today, and others have been discussing it, and I'm like, I could never see that happening. I could never see it happening. Yeah, me either. Me either. Alright, Syracuse Crunch played, uh, they beat actually Rochester on Friday night. Saturday traveled down to Utica and they played the Utica Comets. Lost in overtime with shootout actually it was really exciting. Those two teams do match up again on Valentine's Day. It's a Friday game and it's a home game for the Crunch of the Upstate Medical University Arena at the Onondaga War Memorial. So a little, little payback maybe in order, but great game. These rivalry games are fantastic. It's all for the Galaxy Cup. That was the sixth matchup. Valentine's Day is the seventh. Galaxy Cup's a lot of fun. So whoever has the better record at the end of the season between these two teams is awarded this. It's gone to both teams now as the Comets have been in existence for seven years. So this is a seven-year battle, game number seven of this matchup, brought to you by Delmonico's Steakhouse Friday. It's a lot of
1: fun. Both fan bases travel very well. And Matthew Joseph, who scored the second goal for the Crunch in Saturday night's game, had four shots on goal. Decent performance in the loss. He gets recalled by the Tampa Bay Lightning. You got to also
2: keep an eye on the status of Corey Connick. I have not heard an update yet. It doesn't mean it's not out there. I just hasn't caught my attention. I'll try to get that tomorrow, of course. But he's missed uh, the the game against Utica Center, would have been his third straight game that he's been out of the lineup. And obviously, a player like that, he's got some serious numbers. Even though he's been a yo-yo this season between Tampa Bay and Syracuse and getting called up and sent back down and called up and sent back down. One thing I can tell you about Corey Conacher, the frequent flyer
1: miles are, um, are they're piling up. Scott Wedgwood with an amazing save on Cole Lind at the end of that overtime too. Yeah, yeah. Big, big save to to send it to the shootout. Boy, I got to tell you, when when he's on, he's
2: on. That was a good pickup. He's not been the Scott Wedgwood of years past at certain points. But the Crunch have been struggling a little bit more this year than in the past couple of seasons. Uh, That's pretty obvious. But it's time to get you on the block with Brent Axe. I'm not sure if he's got any giveaways yet. I guess you're going to have to find out. But we're throwing stuff out your way. On the block next with Brent Axe. The Sports Show back tomorrow at 3 ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1.